and it's the Castleford Singers of the Salvation Army who start us off and the song is Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven. <laughs> And there you heard the Salvation Army's Castlefood singers uh, and the song was Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven. And now over to David to introduce Chibundi Onuzo. Chibundu Onuzo went to school in Britain but grew up in Lagos, Nigeria. While she was at boarding school, she wrote her first novel, The Spider King's Daughter which was shortlisted for a host of prizes. Her second novel, Welcome to Lagos, was published in 2017. And she starts off talking to Michael Barclay about that book. Later on in part two, we'll hear her explaining how her faith helps her writing. Finally, in part three, she introduces a family rendering of Psalm 23. Chibundu Anuzu, your second novel, Welcome to Lagos, is about five very different people arriving in the city looking for a new start. 
How have your novels been received in Nigeria? I would actually say pretty well. I was a bit nervous about Welcome to Lagos, actually. I felt that um, people would say, you know, how dare you give it such a grand, overarching title? You know, who do you think you are? Um, but I went to the Ake Festival last year. It was the first time I'd actually sat in front of a large Nigerian um, audience, hundreds of people, I mean, large Nigerian audience in Nigeria. And it was great because, you know, I feel like over here... People ask me a lot about the politics and the corruption and all of that. And that's in the novel. But in Lagos, they ask me a lot about the characters and they recognize the people. I know somebody like that or my brother is like that or X, Y, Z. So it was great to have that engagement with the novel and also to, for people to focus on parts of the novel that they may not often focus on here. Do you think that um, the fact that, as you said, people tended to focus in Lagos, on the characters in the book, mm-hmm. rather than, as we do in the West, on the corruption, etc., is because there's a certain acceptance of that's the way the world goes round? Um, no, actually, because the aspect of the corruption... I make two points about corruption. I make... There's a corrupt politician in my novel, but I also make the point that a lot of the corrupt money from Nigeria it comes here. It comes to Mayfair and it comes to Kensington. And no one ever seems to want to talk about that part of the novel, which I also write about. It's just always easy. It's, oh, the Nigerians are fantastically corrupt. Um, so, um, yeah, people, there's this idea of people want to look at Africa with pity. They want to look at, oh, when are you going to be like us? But of course not. The corruption is a global issue, you know. It affects us, it affects you. It's it's all all hands are working together for corruption all over the world. Can you imagine being a politician yourself? <laughs> <laughs> what about me would make you think that? Um, <laughs> yes, when I was younger, I used to say that I wanted to be the mayor of Lagos. My cousin reminded me <laughs> of this a couple of years ago. But ma- Lagos doesn't have mayors. We, we don't do that system. We have governors. <laughs> but I used to say I wanted to be the leader. Um, yes, I did. I certainly did have that aspiration um but the truth is the longer you live outside nigeria the harder it is to just sort of easily slot in and i do see that with my friends who moved back immediately after you know after we graduated from school here my nigerian friends um they've sort of gone on a track of life that's sort of different from mine and i'm not saying i definitely feel like a Lagosian. i don't feel out of place any time that i go there but I, I know that there is there is something there there is some it, it's just life it's life I've lived here for over a decade now. Yeah, it'd be nice to hear a Nigerian musician that you admire, um, and you have brought us uh, uh, Fela Kuti. Yes, I have. Um, the interesting thing about Fela is that I didn't really listen to his music when I lived in Nigeria. So Fela is a bit of a controversial figure. I remember when I was growing up, he was seen as a sort of near do well, especially by the middle classes, you know, by the professional classes, you know, he he smoked marijuana, he married all these women, you know, just he, he didn't have a very wonderful reputation amongst the professional classes. And then it's when I came here and then there was obviously Fela the musical. Um, I think that was my first step towards reassessing this figure. And realizing that, you know, his music, and Fela always said, you know, music is a weapon. Music is a weapon. It's not just for entertainment. It's for packaging political messages in a way that will get people dancing, but that will get them repeating these words that, you know, the government, they're zombies or, you know, a coffin for head of state, repeating these really strong political messages, but also dancing. Um, And it's only when I came here that I began to rate Fela. 
Because another reason why I didn't like his music, going to be controversial, but I don't really think he can sing. Um, <laughs> I'm like, why are you... His, his voice isn't... Oh, let me rephrase that. His voice isn't traditionally melodious. You know, so I remember hearing his voice as a young child. I was like, who is this man? Just blah, 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 blah. I'm like, who is this man on the radio? And then when you grow older and you actually listen to the lyrics, you're like, wow, this is deep. This is deep, and this is another type of musicality. And you realize there's not only one way for something to be musical. I love the title of this, actually. Water, no get enemy. Water, no get enemy. Yes. (laughs) If you want to go wash, no water you go use. Toba fesebe, omilo malo. If you want cook soup, now what are you going to use? <laughs> Music from Fela Kuti's Water No Get Enemy, released in 1975. And we'll have more of that discussion in a few minutes. Now recently I came across a chorale version of the country gospel invitation song Softly and Tenderly Jesus is Calling. I thought you might like to hear it. So this is the Altar of Praise chorale with Softly and Tenderly Jesus is Calling. Come 
softly and tenderly Jesus is calling as sung by the altar of praise chorale. I tend to think of that song as sung by singers like Jim Reeves, uh, George Beverly Shea or Daniel O'Donnell perhaps. But anyway, let's get back to Michael Barclay and Chibundu Onuzo. You mentioned earlier that you play the keyboards in church, Chibundu, mm-hmm. and, and I wonder whether your faith influences your writing. It does, because writing can get really lonely, actually, because you're often by yourself. And it's often when you're having a so-called difficult day at work. Like, it's not something you can often articulate or express to someone else because it's, it's, you don't fix the paragraph. Like, what's all this? <laughs> what's all this? Um, what's all this drama? But um, I think, yes, my faith is really important to me this sort of it gives me sort of staying power and especially when things in my career don't go as I would like sometimes just this knowledge that God has a plan and that yeah there's a long game and and yeah I feel it gives me staying power yeah I could imagine that you are quite a fan of Nina Simone after all classical playing um, wonderful songwriter and you've chosen her next. She was the daughter of preachers and started her musical career in mm, church. I didn't know that. Yeah, and she might well have gone on to become a really great classical pianist had she not been, and this is awful, denied a place at the Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia on the grounds of race. But you can hear that she has a formidable piano technique, mm. can't you, when you listen She's to fantastic. her? fantastic. Which track have you chosen? My baby don't care, who knows? My baby just cares for me. (laughs) She would be pleased with that. This was released in 57, but actually it remained obscure until 30 years later when it was used in a television advert for perfume and became a hit.
care for shows And he don't even care for clothes He cares for me My baby don't care For cars and races Baby don't care for He don't care for high-toned places Liz Taylor is not his style And even Liberace smiles Something he can't see Is something he can't see I wonder what's wrong With baby My baby just cares for My baby just cares for My baby just cares For me Nina Simone with My Baby Just Cares For Me from her 1957 debut album, Little Girl Blue. Chibundu Anuzo, I'm interested that you've not actually been on creative writing courses, which seem to be everywhere now. <laughs> Do you think that possibly you were able to form your own style better through ploughing your own path? Well, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed figuring it out. And with more to come from Michael Barclay and Chibundu Anuzo just in a few minutes. Now it looks as if there won't be many Harvest Thanksgiving services this year, the way things are. But yes, there's still a harvest and we can listen to some of the seasonal music. So here's the Sim uh, City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra Chorus. I always find that a bit of a mouthful. City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra Chorus with... We plough the fields and scatter the good seed.
We plough the fields and scatter the good seed, as sung by the City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra Chorus. But now we're going to go and hear about and hear the song to the Anuzu family and their version of Psalm 23. So you don't really regret not taking the path of a concert pianist? It's not too late. Don't, don't write that <laughs> career off. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, I wouldn't with you because you seem to turn your hand very successfully to different things. And we're going to end with something really special because you arrived at the studio with a wonderful assembly of family members, babies, <laughs> infants in arms, <laughs> wonderful children, but also these family members have come with you to help you record a family song. Tell me about it and why it's so important for you. Um, so singing are my sister Dinachi and my cousins Chidima and Chiedu. And we're singing Psalm 23, which is our family anthem. It was composed by my uncle, Ken Okeke, who's also a distinguished bishop and a composer at night. He's an Anglican bishop in Nigeria. And... It was composed, I think, for my grandparents' golden jubilee, their 50th wedding anniversary. And then ever since then, at every family occasion, we sing it. And so we sing it at weddings, we've sung it at funerals, we sing it when we gather. And just, yeah, this idea of the Lord shepherding our family from, like, birth to death to weddings and all of that, um, yeah. And am I right in thinking that the beginning of your name, Chi, as in Chibundu, mm -hmm. is actually means God? Yes, yeah, so my full name, Ima Chibundu, means knowing God is life. Yeah. Well, Chibundu Anuzo, thank you for bringing your family for this little private recital, well, now public, and for letting us hear your private passions. Thank you for having me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want He makes me to lie down In green pastures He leads me beside the waters He restores my soul He leads me in paths of shadow of death I fear no table before me in the presence of my enemies thou anointest my head with oil my cup overflows surely 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 goodness and mercy goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life Shall dwell in the house of the 
the Anuso family and their version of Psalm 23. And we're going to hear another psalm in song now. This is Stuart Dolman's paraphrase of part of Psalm 34. Here it's sung by Helen Shapiro and it's Let Us Exalt His Name Together. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. The humble man shall hear of him, the afflicted will be glad, and join with me to magnify the Lord. Let us exalt his name together forever. I sought the Lord, he heard me and delivered me. Just keep your lips from wickedness and lies. Do good and turn from evil. Seek peace instead of strife. Love righteousness and God will hear your cry. Let us exalt his name together forever. I saw
Let us exalt his name together, and that was Helen Shapiro. Let's have some more music, and it's Paul Wheater and I Saw a Man. Last night I dreamed An angel came He took my I saw a man. But now it's over to David to introduce us to Malcolm Geit's piece. Malcolm Geit is a poet, musician and also chaplain of Girton College in Cambridge. He's written a sonnet about the conversion of St Paul. You can read it in his book, Sounding the Seasons. To give you time to think about the poem, it's followed by part of Rachmaninoff's vocalese, played by the USSR State Symphony Orchestra. Here's a sonnet I've written for the Feast of the Conversion of St. Paul. Uh, it's just called Apostle. An enemy whom God has made a friend. A righteous man discounting righteousness. Last to believe and first for God to send, he found the fountain in the wilderness, thrown to the ground and raised at the same moment, a prisoner who sets his captors free, a naked man with love his only garment, a blinded man who helped the world to see, a Jew who had been perfect in the law, blesses the flesh of every other race, 
and helps them see what the apostles saw, the glory of the Lord in Jesus' face. Strong in his weakness, joyful in his pains, and bound by love, he freed us from our chains. And a wee bit of Rachmaninoff followed Malcolm Guide's sonnet on the conversion of St Paul. Just a reminder though that you're tuned to Heartland FM on 97.5 or the Digital Access Channel or heartland.scot. And if you're in one of the hospitals in the Dundee area, it's Bridge FM for you. But welcome to Heartland FM, a welcome to this programme. It's Heart and Soul with David Wilkie and me, Howard Simpson. And... Just a quick reminder, too, of uh, Sounds Inspirational, our sister programme. That's on Tuesday evenings at 7, repeated on Thursday evenings at 10 in the evening. And it'll be Dave Barry. Meantime, here's Tennessee Ernie Ford with a wee bit about the Bible, followed by the song Father Along. The story is told of a young man who was preparing for a long trip. He told his friend, I am just about packed. I only have to put in a guidebook, a mirror, a microscope, a lamp, a telescope, a volume of fine poetry, a package of old letters, a few biographies, a book of songs, a sword, a hammer, and a set of books I've been studying. But you can't get all that into your bag, said his friend. Oh, yes, I can, he replied. It doesn't take much room. With that... He placed his Bible in the corner of his suitcase and closed the lid. Tempted and tried, we're oft made to wonder Why it should be thus all the day long While there are others living about us Never molested, though in the Farther along, we'll know all about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. Cheer up, my brother, live in the sunshine. We'll understand it all by and by. When we see Jesus coming in glory, When he comes from his home in the sky, then we shall meet him in that bright mansion. We'll understand it all by and by. Farther along, we'll know all about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. Cheer up, my brother, live in the 
the sunshine We'll understand it all by and by Tennessee there with that father along And now it's over again to David for our next piece Fiona Stewart, Jen Robertson and Minister of Aberfeldy Church, Neil Glover, speak on the Outspoken Bible podcast. This week we hear them talking about how to organise a Bible reading habit. In this section, which is our kind of learning to read section, helping people think about how we how we do read the Bible yeah. regularly and get to habit of doing that, well, what are some of the things that have been helpful over the years that are helpful to you now? I think looking at the year as a whole, like thinking about daily habits, monthly habits and yearly habits. Recently, what I've found helpful is uh, the run-up to Easter, Lent, the run-up to Christmas, Advent. I, I read particular books, um, both by Maggie Dawn, actually, who's a theologian who's in the north of England at the moment. Um, and, and she just gives a little bit of the Bible every day and a short piece of commentary in that season of the Christian year. And that's been the most recent thing that's helped me. And that's encouraged me to reflect on other bits of the Bible through the year. But I think as a, as a, when I was younger, I felt quite a burden mm-hmm. to read the Bible every day and to pray. And, and just because we're people, I, I often failed and I just felt really guilty. Mm. And so I had a kind of reaction to that. I thought, oh, I just won't try at all and I'll just read it if I have to um, for things I was doing. And I had to kind of sort that out in my mind, take away the kind of heaviness about it and rediscover that when I'm reading the Bible, talking to God, and, and those both things go together, we, you were saying that earlier Fiona, about how prayer and Bible reading can go together that they were a natural part of my life and they didn't need to be a burden or feel guilty about what happened mm-hmm. yesterday and that's what I love about the app as well it's a new day, we I, can't look back, we can't look forward yeah. just do it today. I would go so far as to say, if you haven't done it on a particular day I don't think that guilt's from God yeah, I, I think it's yeah. something about our pride being injured or even the flaming arrows of the evil one I think sometimes, but um, I, I think the, the thing to do, and this applies to a whole bunch of things where we trip and fall and stumble, is is just get back into it mm. just, and and say, you know, well, this applies to more general stuff, but, you know, God, I'm sorry, and now from today we, we start again. I, I, I think we can get very, we can get very stuck in, in a way of thinking we have to do things a certain way, don't we? So, so I, I think it, I'm endlessly intrigued by, by, you know, in Mark chapter 1, where it talks about, Mark, uh, verse 35, it talks about Jesus withdrawing to the quiet place early in the morning. And I think, what was he What was he doing? What was mm. he saying to God? He wouldn't have his Bible and his, and his <laughs> notes with him yes. because he wouldn't have had that. So what, what does that look like for him to to be in, in such fellowship with the Father? So that, that's an individual thing, isn't it? But I think also when you when you look at the, the, the Gospels, you, and, and in the Book of Acts in particular, you, you hear about them meeting daily to, to mm. read Scripture, to share mm. Scripture yeah. together. Yes. And we, we, we follow our age, don't we? So we're mm. living in a very individualistic age. So we I certainly grew up with a, a mentality that your, your quiet time, your time with God was very much an individual thing. Mm. Quite a private thing, actually. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's called the quiet time. The quiet yeah. time. Go into your room and shut the door. Uh-huh. Oh, I, I still agree with which that. Is, which is there, because that's yeah. scriptural too, isn't yeah, yeah. it? That when you pray, you, you do it quite but, a bit. But most people never have the Bible, so the mm. first, uh, well, at least sixteen hundred years of the church's life, uh, people didn't have their own Bible. In fact, you would have whole areas of the country where they didn't have the whole Bible; they maybe have a gospel and, and, and so on. So that practice, but I, I think, I think you've, I think it's worth experimenting with. You know what? You know, we experiment with all sorts of areas of our life that matter to us. You know, how how do we arrange our houses? Um, how 
how do we do our jobs? We're always looking for new ways. And I think mm-hmm. it's the same with reading the Bible. I got given uh, a Bible uh, recent, well, it was about three years ago, so I've almost finished, which every second page was blank. Oh, that's good. So you can, you can make you notes can, or you can write, Yeah, and it, it gets me over this thing where I don't like um, writing on the Bible. I don't think there's anything to prevent you, but I just personally don't uh-huh. like doing it. And um, my blank pages makes me feel better about uh, writing in. But then the other thing I do sometimes is a journal and I have notebooks and I write, um, I work through books of the Bible. Um, but once again, find the way that you can't uh, or can. Uh, John Ortberg, the American preacher, tells a story about his, his wife Nancy, who for years had felt completely burdened by all these people, that she, holy people who were around her who were journaling. And she just could not connect with journaling. And do you know what the insight that changed her and totally liberated her was? Is one day she either discovered or someone told her, Jesus didn't journal. Oh, yes. <laughs> and that was the release for yeah, her to, yeah. to find there's, her way There's a it. really good book, it's Sacred Pathways, mm. by Gary Thomas. And, and I think, I can't remember all the different nine types, but he's got nine different types of connection with God. So some of it is about some people love being outdoors and that's that's where they feel most able to connect. Um some people, you know, need silence and, and, and solitude and, and reflection. Some people are kind of academic, intellectual, they thinkers. Some people are, are they're doers, mm. so they need to be doing this. So I, I, that, for me, was a kind of release thing. Similarly, yeah, it's find um, the way, and if you yeah, care about it, you, you find the way that mm-hmm. works. That's right. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of apps, <laughs> as you would think. But this, <laughs> uh, so I'm doing this at the moment. I, I've also recently started doing Lectio three six five, which is the app that twenty four seven prayer have produced, and it uses Lectio Divina, so it's a it's a yeah. slow reading through of scripture. Uh, make you think about some questions. I've used Bible in one year at, at points before. It's big chunks of the Bible, so it's very different to what we're talking about with um, Bible and twist. I think the important thing is not to be simplistic, but we, we just need to do this. We do actually need to read the Bible and engage with it some way. So we know I think we the also people need to talk about to it. And like, yeah. Let's not be sort of embarrassed yeah. about actually, I need some help, and, and, and yeah. this has been my journey with it. So, uh, you know, I, I think rather than the sort of pursuit of having the, the perfect spiritual devotional life before you can talk to anybody about it let's let's be honest and, and open about and it doesn't have to be the same all the time at all stages of your life you know I, re- I remember one very particular day when I was feeling really unhappy about something and I, I went to a bible study group and normally I would love having intellectual discussions about the bible and thinking deeper about it but um it just wasn't that day because I was so sad and troubled and I got to the Bell Study group and the person leading it said, we're going to do Lectio Divina on one of the Psalms. And it was absolutely what I needed yeah. to hear from God. And we read the Psalm, we thought about it, we read it again, we thought about yeah. it. And if you're feeling a bit sad and miserable, don't read the book of uh, Lamentations, or judging by the title anyway. That was Neil Glover and friends on the Outspoken Bible podcast. And that's us once again. Thank you for listening. Our thanks, uh, too, to Neil Glover, along with Fiona Stewart and Jen Robertson, to Malcolm Guite, Michael Barclay and Chibundu Anuzu for their contributions this morning, and Sam Ross, of course, for putting the whole thing together. Eddie Rose is on after news at nine, and Colin Phillips at eleven, Dave Barry with the service at one, anne Marie's at two, Mike Marwick at five, Ian Moyes at 7 and Chris Stanton at 9, all here on Heartland FM. But for now, as usual, David Wilkie and I, I'm Howard Simpson, will wish you a good day, a good week and God's blessing. And we leave you with Charlie Lansborough and Shine Your Light and I Saw the Light.
This world is full of darkness Makes it very hard to see The beauty of unselfish love There wasn't much of that in me It took some time for the truth to dawn From my eyes the scales were torn away and now I say Shine your light against the dark Stand upright and make your mark Do your best wherever Shine your light for me. Shine your light against the dark. Stand up right and make your mark. Do your best wherever you may be And shine your light for me Long ago when I was just A boy of tender years My father told me life's a road Faith with joy and tears And as you travel you must too between what's right and wrong Remember sin is given in For heaven's sake be strong Shine your light against the dark Stand the pride and make your mark Do your best wherever you may be And shine your light for me As I grew Last to selfishness And after years of walking down The wrong side of the track One night I cried deep inside My father's words came back Shine your light against the dark Stand up right and make your That kindness is the light of God in man. So I was told to shine like on everyone I can. I saw the light, I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord. So the light. Once I was wondering, the 
Savior in. And Jesus came like a stranger in the night. Praise the Lord. I saw the light. I saw the light. I saw the light. No more darkness. No more 